Another day, another dollar makes you wonder where your money went. You can scream and you can holler. Hi folks, this is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world and the changing times and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is Tuesday, April 21st. This is, I believe, edition 184 of the Survival Podcast. And uh, as we'll share another morning drive together for me and we'll share whatever it is that you do while you listen to my show, be it while you work or while you drive home or some folks I know even listen to my show at home after they get off of work and get back to the house. So wherever that is, I'm pleased to share it with you. Remember, as always, you are more than welcome to disagree with me. Uh, almost every email I get starts out with, Jack, I don't agree with everything you say, but my response to that is good. If you agree with everything I say, you're probably, I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't seem like anybody should agree with everything that I say because I have very strong opinions on a diverse array of subjects, and most independent, free-thinking people will take exception with at least one thing another independent, free-thinking person has to say. That's the foundation of America. That's why we have a Republican form of government. That's why we're supposed to have a Republican form of government. So that's what we have here on the show, a Republican form of government. I guess because I created the show, I get to be the president uh, without being elected. Uh, I don't know if that makes us a democracy or a dictatorship, but in any way, I'll try to do a good job of leading the show. Anyway, let's get on to some house cleaning. First thing I wanted to do is I wanted to encourage folks to join our forum. And uh, we have about 1,830-odd members of the forum right now. The reality is there's been over 7,000 people registered for the forum, uh, but a large majority, or 6,000, somewhere in that number, have been banned because they were spammers and bots and things like that. We have some awesome moderators. So our forum number of total users may appear lower than some other forums that are similar, but the reality is our forum members are all real people. And uh, what we're striving to do now is to get to the 2,000 mark, 2,000 forum members that are real people. And that's why you have to do things like when you register for our forum, you have to sign up for it, and then you get an activation email that you have to click. That helps us keep the spamming down, because before we put that in place, we would get probably 20 to 50 spam registrants a day. That's how bad it was. And now we get, you know, half a dozen. So here's what we're going to do. This was suggested by our newest moderator on the forum, Sister Wolf. And thank you for the suggestion. It's an awesome one. Whoever forum member 2000 is gets a free one-year membership to the Members Support Brigade. Free one year. And I'm going to do something that I think will surprise the moderators, especially Sister Wolf who suggested this. I'm saying this is member 2000, so that's a two. So you don't get a one-year membership to the MSB. You get a two-year membership to the Member Support Brigade if you are forum member 2000. Now here's the thing. You might be thinking, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the forum and I'm going to watch the little numbers and when it says, you know, 19999, then I'm going to go and I'm going to register. If you try to do that, it will almost certainly backfire on you. Because we're going to do it on the time of registration and then a lot of times people take a while before they activate. 
So we're going to be going through, calling out anything that looks like spam, things like that. So all I can tell you is the best way to try to win this thing is to go ahead and register as soon as possible. And this is what I'm going to do to keep this whole thing democratic. Member 2000 is going to get a two-year membership. Everybody between 1835 and 2000, I'll pull two people at random out of that group and give you each a one-year membership. So it's completely random. So there's no reason to t- try to, uh, what do you want to say, like uh, sandbag this thing. Two people out of the, uh, what is it, 180 people in between will get drawn at random and get a one-year membership. So I'm giving away a two-year membership to member 2000, and I am giving away a one-year free membership to two people in between. So let's get on the forum. Let's get involved, folks, because building community here is as important as the information that I hand out to you every day. On that note, consider joining the Member Support Brigade. If you think you get more than 25 cents in value out of every episode of this show, that's what it comes down to. Uh, about 25 cents a show to support it, plus you'll get content available exclusively only to members. Um, on another note, I want to point out again that we've brought in some uh, new advertisers, and uh, one of them is Tactical Response Gear, James Yeager's operation. Uh, not only does he offer excellent equipment and gear, uh, which you'll find by clicking on the banner on the website, he offers exceptional training in fighting pistol, fighting rifle, fighting shotgun, you name it. And uh, if you want to invest in the, your ability to defend your home and your family, consider going to Tactical Response, taking some training. If nothing else, take a look at his catalog and see the equipment that he has available. It is among the best stuff in the world. Uh, and we are continuing to take new advertisers in. You can see the advertisers on the right-hand side of the site. And all of them must pass the moderators as a vetting process. I do not approve advertisers. I see, you know, I get a request. I suggest it to the moderators. The moderators, they go out and they check them out. If they pass, they give me the okay, I let them in. I don't get to make any decision whether or not we accept an advertiser. That's what makes this place different. These are personal endorsements of not just myself, personal endorsements of the moderating staff on the forum as well. And that means if we have an advertiser that doesn't take care of people, they have to go away. Even if they have to give their money back. Alright, because this show's not about advertising. It's about informing and entertaining you. Uh, let's let that wrap up the uh, house cleaning for today. If I, uh, if I want to do any more, I'll try to bring it in at the end. I think that's enough. Let's get on with what today's show is. Today's show is going to be kind of a free-willing show. I don't really have a specific agenda. What I have is a lot of stuff that's been going on in the forum, comments on the blog, questions by email, and I'm just going to kind of address some things that have been brought to my attention recently by you, the listeners. I can't do a call-in show today, which would be my preference, but I, I'm not going to be home this week, so this is the best that I can do. Let's start out with the first one. I started kind of a hornet's nest all stirred up here. Uh, last week when somebody asked me, you know, what could I use for a defensive weapon for the home if I can't have a gun in the home? And my suggestion, one of them anyway, was a katana or a samurai sword. Now, I, I probably made a huge mistake when I, I specified samurai sword because this opens up this whole ball of wax where people have to talk about how the traditional samurai sword was made by folding the steel many times. Yes, I know. And how hard the steel was and how, how it cuts better than anything that's been made recently. Yes, I know. But to me... As long as we're talking about a weapons-grade sword, that's all academic. When one person has a sword and the other 
doesn't. Now, let me ask you this, folks. What do you think are the odds that a burglar breaking into your home in 2009 will be armed with a traditional samurai sword that will, in the words of one of our four members, I just think you watch too much TV, cut your sword in half? I just think you watch too much TV if you believe that. I saw it on Mythbusters and with, with good solid steel swords, it didn't work. Um, they couldn't get a broadsword to cut, um, uh, you know, a, a, a katana style sword in half made with uh, the same, same types of steel. Uh, it just didn't work. So regardless of that, what are the odds? In other words, what I'm saying is that using a sword for home defense, you're using a sword against somebody that doesn't have one. That's a totally different world than using a sword against another person armed with a sword. And there's there's something I'm building to here that I won't reveal today that we're going to do some video on, on exactly what it's like for a person carrying an airsoft gun into a dark home, playing a burglar, trying to find the homeowner armed with a piece of wood with foam wrapped around it, dummying for the sword. And I'll reveal to you what the results of that were in the future. Today what I want to do is point out, though, with this, this statement that I made, don't focus on katana or samurai sword, or whether it should be a short or a long sword. For the purpose of that thread in the forum, let's leave it at a combat-worthy sword. It could be a cavalry saber for all I care. As long as it's sharp, it's a sword, and it's made out of real steel. It's not one of these replica nonsensical things that you see in these knife shops for 100 bucks. Those of you who keep emailing me and tell me, that $69 sword will shatter if you... I, I, I know. I know. Everybody knows. You're not, you're not sitting on a great secret of humanity. Everybody knows this. When we talk about a sword, we're talking about a real carbon steel, sharp, professional level sword. Something that's going to be an investment of two to three hundred dollars at a minimum. At a minimum, uh, I actually own a cold steel sword that was about four hundred fifty-seven dollars, and uh, no qualms about that sword's worthiness for combat if necessary. This is not what I would grab to defend my home because I can be armed with a gun. Okay. So now, let's let that go for a minute, and let's talk about the actual purpose of that answer. What the, what the, the whole purpose of that wasn't so that I could tell you what you need, and we could debate whether one was good or bad. It was to come up with as many suggestions as possible. So we have this forum thread going. It's about five pages or six pages deep now. I'm going to let it run out a little bit, a couple more days this week before I compile it. What I want from you guys is instead of debating with each other or debating with me, this weapon or that weapon, come in with suggestions. Take a look through, see what's already been suggested, see if it gives you any ideas, and come through with new suggestions. What I'm going to do with this is I'm going to take everybody's suggestions, I'm going to put them into a great huge poll, I'm going to let people pick their favorite three, and we're going to take group thought and see what the consensus is when people are informed, enlightened, reasonable with each other, take the time, you know, if somebody puts a link in to go look at the weapon, evaluate it before you decide it's not any good. 
and then we'll all vote on it. And we'll just see how it works out. It's not going to be, well, see, I won because mine was the number one choice. No, it's just going to be, this, it's, this is for informational purposes only. It's like a political poll. It's not really going to tell us who's going to win, but it'll give us a good indication of where people's minds are at a given point in time. There is one thing I'd like to say about this before I go on, though. For those of you who have written me about a sword and said you can't swing it in the home, and then the same people suggest something a lot more reasonable like a baseball bat. I want you to think about this. can't swing the sword well enough, but we're going to use a baseball bat. Here's my case for the sword in this situation. If I take with a flick of the wrist the sword and hit a guy that's armed with a knife or a gun, or for that matter, unarmed, coming around the corner of the house, and I hit him in the wrist, I may not sever the hand, but I'm going to do a very deep, damaging cut. If he's carrying anything, I promise you right now, he's letting go of it. It's on the ground. And I don't have to use a whole lot of force there. That's not true with a bat. You actually have to swing a bat the way most of you envision a sword. Now, the sword techniques that I use were taught to me by the Russians with this Russian swordsmanship, which is a lot more relaxed. Those who are member support brigade members saw the demo that I did with Tyler, the second video, where we used a stick, and we showed how hard it was for him to avoid the stick even when I moved it very slowly. Those slow types of movements with a little bit more speed, a little bit more flick, is the way a sword should be used in the home. We'll get to that in the future. I just wanted to point that out for you, though. You, th- you say, well, use a club. Use a bat, okay? Not a sword. Well, you got to swing a club or a bat hard. It has to do damage by its impact. It doesn't have the ability to cut, slash, or stab. I'm not saying it's a bad weapon. I'm just saying there's an inherent advantage. So let's go ahead and just don't worry about debating me. Let's throw them all in there. We'll debate in the next thread. All right, we'll go wide open with debate. Here's what I picked and why. Here's why I don't think we'll do that later. Let's just put as many things in there. You know, I don't care what it is. If you think it would be good to defend your home with, especially something that's already in most homes, bring it up. Let's take a look at it. Okay, moving on. I got another long comment today from somebody on the show that I did about tea parties and picking a defensive weapon for the home. And on some levels, I'm like, whatever. And on some levels, I'm thinking, okay, there's some good concerns that you brought up. Let me see if I can address them. And I'm not going to get this specifically right because I'm doing it out of my head. I just read it one time this morning when I approved the comment. I didn't even respond to it on the blog. I'm responding to it here. So if you're listening and I don't get you exactly right, understand I'm trying to get your point across. What she said is that she saw the same corruption of the Tea Party movement that I did, and she agreed with it. And then she said, we call those people nutters over here. And I went, okay, she's in England. Turned out she's a U.S. citizen living abroad in England. And um, as I went through the rest of it, she said that when I started talking about all these different weapons, was the first time that she, uh, and not the sword, the, all the different guns when I talked about your different op- options for self-defense in the home. You know, a pump shotgun, a, a carbine, a pistol, what have you. She turned off the show, not because it was like infuriating or anything, simply because, well, I'm a British, I'm, I'm an uh, American living in Britain. This is irrelevant to me. People don't have these guns over here. We can't buy them. Uh, answering that part of your statement. That's exactly why I talk about it. Because I don't want to be England. And I wouldn't live where you are for nothing. And don't take this personal. But I think England sucks. Because England has taken away the rights of its people. Because England has become a socialist oligarchy. 
because England blows. That they would take away the right to personal self-defense from their people when they used to be a shining example of it not that long ago. And you couldn't get me to live in that piss hole for anything. Because I will not live where my right to life is not more important than a criminal's right to break in my freaking home. And if you break in my home, you go out horizontal. That's the way it is in America, and I want it to stay that way. When someone breaks in my home, I'll dial 911. And they better pray to God that there's a cop on the corner of the street that's just there by accident. Because the cop will arrest them. And if I think they are an imminent threat to me and my family, they're going down. Because this is America, and we have not yet lost that right. And only by speaking about it openly, honestly, and very specifically will we retain it. And only by promoting honest gun ownership, safe gun ownership, will we preserve that right. So I think that talking about it and incentivizing people to go out and become gun owners, properly trained gun owners, is extremely important, and I will never stop doing it. You didn't ask me to. Don't take it like I'm saying you did. I'm just telling you how I feel about the situation because you asked. My next statement is every time I've talked about guns, every single time, I have started out with if you have never owned a gun, if you have not been properly trained on how to safely handle a gun, do not buy a gun without going out and getting training first. Either find a mentor, and if you cannot find a mentor, go pay for training. It's the responsible thing to do. Do not let government do it for us. Or do not give government an excuse to do it for us because they screw everything up. I pretty much say that verbatim every single time. Okay? So, all this stuff about, well, accident this and accident that, not if you do things properly with the right procedure. Next, she mentioned that three women were killed where she used to live in southern Indiana in a three-week period. First of all, I don't know if I totally buy off on three women in three weeks. It just sounds a little fishy. And these things, especially when they're back in the 70s and that long ago, they always tend to get like a little bit changed over time. But even if they did, so what? Not to disgrace their lives, but so what? Do you know how many people died in motor vehicles in the United States of America alone last year? 40,000. 40,000 people died in cars. You don't see anybody moving to ban cars except the eco-freaks. Maybe we'll talk about them a little bit today, too, with some other things that are going on. So, I don't, when somebody points out, says, well, so-and-so died, I could go, well, this guy died yesterday in a, in, a, in a Volkswagen Jetta, just like I drive, and it's even a pretty safe car, and then this guy over here was killed in Impala, this dude here was driving down the road, and uh, some kids threw an ice ball in Allentown, Pennsylvania, off the overpass, went through the window, killed the mother, right in front of the children and the father. Hold on, folks, I need a drink of coffee. But, yeah, that really happened. I just got a little sore throat right there. Anyway, uh... Um, but in Allentown, Pennsylvania, around 2002 or 2003, somewhere in there in the winter, some kids went up on an overpass and hurled an ice ball because they thought it was funny uh, over Interstate 22. A lady traveling in a minivan at about 70 miles an hour, the ice ball went through the windshield of her vehicle, hit her in the passenger seat, killed her. A husband looks to the, to the right, his wife's dead. Children are basically covered in the blood of their mother who's just been killed by this atrocity. It's a terrible event. Should we, should we ban overpasses? Should we ban vehicles? 
with either one gone, then this would have never happened. There would have been a place for those kids to go. Do we ban snow and ice? Or do we hold accountable the people that committed the act? You know, people are killed by vehicles. A lot of times they're because of drunk driving. All right, Do we hold the drunk driver accountable or the car that he is in? Well, if we didn't let that drunk driver get a car, he wouldn't be able to kill that pretty family. If we didn't let that criminal get a gun. So should we take away your car to make sure drunk drivers don't have cars? That's my statement there. The last part she made is actually the one that really made me think about how I would answer this, because I've tried to stay away from this subject. Because I don't want anybody going to their spouse and saying, well, Jack Spirigo said, so we need to or you need to. But I guess I have to come out with how I feel about this overall subject. She said that I had said something to the effect of men being the head of the household on the issue where a woman basically puts her foot down and says there will not be a gun in my home. And I did, and I kind of cut myself off. So let me go ahead and expand on that today. Because this is how I feel. This is how I really feel. First of all, I would not be married to a woman that wouldn't let me have a gun in the home. We would have never got past the dating phase. Because sooner or later we would have had that conversation. And I would have had to say, if you really feel that way, you're asking me to change who I am. And I'm sorry, This is some, if there's going to ever be a marriage here, it's a marriage of equals, not a marriage of unequals. Which, I might, that might not sound the same here in a minute, and you may go, this is contradictory, but listen to the whole thing and think about it, and then you can tell me what you think, good or bad. So, when we got to a point where we'd had that conversation, she, she would have said, well, there's no way in hell there's going to be a gun in my home, ever. You need to get rid of your guns or the relationship's over. I would have said, okay, goodbye. And I would have felt good about it. It might have hurt, but I would have felt good about the decision long term. Because, again, you know, I'm not a big religious guy. I don't try to say, well, the Bible says this, so, you know, that's the way that it is. And the earth is not really revolving around the sun, rotating around the sun, or revolving around the sun. The sun is going around the earth because the Bible says so, or some, you know, non-scientific thing like that some of these literalists take. But I do see wisdom. And one of the big wisdoms of the Bible talks about marriage. And it says it is not good for a believer to be unequally yoked. In other words, it's not, it was not a forbidding of a Christian to marry a non-Christian. It was an explanation that there will be severe problems in that marriage. Because one person is, is married to a spouse and a God, and the other person is simply married to the spouse and themselves. And I believe that when you take something that's a true wisdom, it is applicable uh, applicable to other situations beyond what it was intended for. And I think that gun ownership, believe it or not, as big a stretch as it seems, is one of them. And I think it's true for anything that you truly believe in your heart. If you truly believe something in your heart that requires you to live in a certain way, it is going to be very difficult for you to be in a relationship with somebody that's in direct opposition to it. Or, maybe a little bit better, is apathetic to it. So if you live in a household with a wife that doesn't forbid you from owning a gun, but she doesn't even want to learn how they work, she doesn't want to know where they are, she basically says, keep those things away from me, it's a better situation for you, but it's still not good. Because every person in the home old enough to properly use a weapon should be trained on how to safely use, deploy, store, put away, clear, etc., the weapon. They should know everything about the weapons that are in the home, how they work, where they're stored, how to keep them safe. 
including keep your hands off them unless there's a reason to put your hands on them, including up to taking them and buying training for them. Because, men, again, women will never listen to you when you try to teach them to shoot. Not really. They'll always learn better from a pro because he has a credibility that you can't with your own wife. More from the Bible, a prophet has no honor in his own country. Now, the other statement, though, is she said that I had talked in the past about marriage being more about equals. And she said, what are my thoughts on this? Because there's women that are abused and all this other stuff. If you're being abused by your spouse, call the police, have his ass hauled away and thrown into jail, and get the hell away from him. That's how I feel about that. If more women would do that, we'd have less problems. You strike your woman, men. If you ever put your hands on a woman, you should have a guy that's at least as much bigger than you as you are than your woman. Knock your teeth down your throat for hitting a woman. I was taught you never hit a woman. It doesn't matter if she hits you. It doesn't matter what she does unless she's threatening your physical life or physical safety. And then you do enough to avoid and you get away. It is not a man's place to strike a woman. So that's how I feel about that. Now as far as the equal thing. I believe that a marriage is an equal partnership almost. But I would say that it is a man's role to lead his family. And I have no problems with that. And I think if our country would return to that concept and men would stand up and make a freaking decision at times in their household and say, you know what, we're done with this. This is the way it's going to be. And basically say, in this situation, I'm enacting a veto. And that's kind of how I see a, a family. You've got the man acting as the president and the woman as the Senate and the House. Which means, in many ways, she has a lot more power than the men. She's going to have a lot greater influence over the budget, spending, priorities, the social welfare of the household. But in the end, the man always has a veto power if he believes that the safety of the family unit is in question. I'll give you two examples of this. About two years ago, we had an ice storm here. The roads were bad, really bad, iced up. Our cul-de-sac was completely like a skating rink. And uh, a lot of the schools were closed. And I said, well, I'm not driving 50 miles to work in this. And my wife said, well, I don't know if I should go to work or not. I said, call them and tell them you're not coming. So she calls in, and the people she talks to say, well, over here, where we're at, because they live closer than we do, um, the, the roads have already been cleared off, and it's safe, and you should probably go ahead and come in. So, she, like most women, she does all this guilt trip stuff. Well, they're going to work. I should go to work. I said, you know what? When you get a wreck and they crash and you crash our truck and it's damaged, even if you're not hurt, are they going to pay the deductible on the insurance to fix it? If you get injured in the hospital and you can't work, are they going to pay your full salary while you're there? Are they going to come visit you in the hospital? If you die, are they going to take care of your family? No. Then you're not going. And that was the end of it. And I said it with that tone because I wanted it to be understood. In this situation, you ain't leaving the house. I'm sorry. When the roads are clear, 10 o'clock, you go in late. Fine. But right now, your safety's at risk. You're not going anywhere. Veto. Make sense? That's my responsibility. That's my job. 
And there may actually come a time where it's her job when I'm not thinking clearly to do the same thing. And I would expect her to speak up and do it. But I think the man is the one that has to be prepared for that role more often because you're the one with the masculine side of strength. Masculine and feminine strength are very, very different from each other. They're both very, very powerful, but in many ways they're very different. There's a strength from compassion that most women have access to that most men do not. And there's a strength from conviction and a willingness to act and a willingness to offend others that most women don't admit. Women don't like to offend people. It's really, oh, I don't want to offend them. I don't want them to feel bad. You know, I don't want them to think. And a guy says, you know what? I don't want them to think either, but if it comes down between me and that, then I'm sorry. You think whatever you want. I'm taking care of my family first. Men are more comfortable making that decision. That was the case there. Here's another one. I talked about this way long ago, one of the first podcasts ever about situational awareness. My wife and I were walking through Allentown, Pennsylvania, in a part of the town that seemed like it was a decent part of the town. We were looking for some parts for a vacuum cleaner. And we parked on the street, and it was one of these streets where the addresses look, you know, they, they go down and then they go back up. So we thought we were very close to the shop. We saw the addresses descending, and then they were going. So it was a very long walk, maybe a dozen blocks down to the place. But we weren't buying a vacuum. We were buying a belt. So we thought it's a beautiful day. We'll walk down. And as we're walking, I start to notice that there's a large number, and I don't want, there's nothing racist about this. This is just what we saw of Hispanic people on the streets in small groups. Here, there, and everywhere. Mostly young males. I was wearing a, my, my wedding ring, a very nice watch. My wife was wearing her wedding rings, very nice pendant and earrings. Okay? As we're walking, one of the guys in a group that we walked past looked at me. He looked straight at my watch. He looked me back in the eye, and he sort of shrugged his shoulders. And I understood what this man was telling me immediately. And it was, I ain't going to bother you, but I don't think you should be here. I grabbed her by the arm, I spun her ass 180 degrees around, and we went back to the truck and got in it. And we drove down there, and she, and I'll use the word, bitched at me the entire way about being paranoid. You know what? Somebody got shot on that street three days later. We weren't having a bitch contest about it anymore. All right? There are situations where the leadership of the man must be brought to bear. It is why a family, and I'm not going to come down on anybody out there who's a single parent, because I'm going to say the same thing the other way here in just a second, but a family is always better off when there is a man and a woman, a male and a female in it, taking care of the children and bringing them up and bringing the certain aspects that each has and the viewpoints that each has. A daughter without a father is often subject to naivety in dealing with males when she starts the date. Because she never gets, hey honey, let me explain to you how guys really are. (laughs) It's just, right, or they get it twisted and turned in wrong from a woman because women, you don't understand us, I'm sorry. Just like we don't understand you. And a son, without a mother, will have a very hard time understanding how to properly care for a woman in his life. Because he won't learn the softer side. 
no matter how hard the man tries to teach him, without an object there to receive the affection of a father, the son doesn't see it. And the same goes for you know the, what the what the what the what the son learns from the father, and what the mother learns or the mother teaches the daughter. There's a holistic nature. The family unit is extremely important. And that doesn't mean that if you're a single mother, you need to go out and find a man. Right? That's not what I'm saying. Or a single father, you need to go out and find a woman. I'm just saying that it is a more complete raising of a child. It is a more complete family. And it's better when both sides are willing to listen to the other. But in the end, I do reserve a 1%. And like the president's veto, if you overuse it, it'll come back to hurt you in the end. It has to only be used when you believe that it's very important to do right now because if I don't act, something terrible will happen. And I can live with the consequences of the action, but I can't live with the consequences of the inaction. Let's switch over to financial aspects of things for a little bit, and then we'll probably go ahead and wrap today's show up. Um, I watched the news report this morning that I actually had to stop Use the DVR function rewind to the beginning. What I initially saw was this lady, not the most articulative people, an older lady, and she was talking about her mortgage. She said, and then I was starting to be delinquent. You know, and, and then they were sending me letters demanding that I pay. And I was thinking, oh, good Lord, here's another one of these people that, yeah, you don't pay your bill. They get mad and they'll take your house away. That's how it works. We're not bailing you out. And then I, you know, said, wait a minute, something sounds a little different. So I picked up my cup of coffee instead of heading for the kitchen and decided to listen. As I listened, I realized there was something more. So I rewound it. And here's what the story was with this old lady. She had lived in her home for over 30 years. She had been making payments on a 30-year mortgage. She made every payment in that 30-year period on time. She didn't have a single discrepancy on her account. And a 30-year mortgage with 30 years of payments, you guessed it, she believed that she had paid the mortgage in full. She had had her little I paid off the mortgage party. And no more bills showed up. There was no more payment book stubs. There was no more bills in the mail. There was nothing from Citibank, the evil Citibank. And, and yes, I will say the evil Citibank in this situation. So, she gets a letter several months after she stops paying that say you owe over $1,200. Now, if you can imagine a person living in Fort Worth, Texas that's, that bought a house 30 years ago, you know, $1,200 is a lot more than the house payments she had been making. It was several house payments, at least. Uh, she was probably making somewhere in a two to $300 house payment range. All of a sudden, she's, you know, not been worrying about the mortgage anymore, and they want 1200 bucks. So she sends them two months in a row a payment of several hundred dollars and says, you know, this is what I have. Surely, surely Citibank, who has had massive foreclosures, is not going to go after this old woman who's been a good customer for 30 years. Yep, they went after her. They sent her two payments back. And they told her she had to pay completely in full now, or they were going to foreclose on her home. And she called and she tried to work things out, but she couldn't get things worked out. And then she contacted the news people. Well, this news guy, this, this news guy goes out to her house, sits down with his cell phone, spends an hour on the phone, and he gets the situation rectified where they're willing to take payments. He ended up talking to people in India to get it done. Yes, India. We outsource our problems to India now. 
and he finally got it worked out. Now, I actually want to bridge this back to my earlier conversation about women not wanting to offend. The reality is, and I'm not blaming this lady for anything because I think she was a huge victim here, but the reality is if she had stood her ground on the phone and kept saying the simple words of, you can't help me, let me talk to your boss. If you can't help me, let me talk to your boss. If you don't have the authority to say yes, and all you have the authority to do is say no, get me to somebody with the authority to say yes. And kept pushing it for an hour herself, she could have resolved the problem herself. But she allowed allowed herself to be bullied by people on the phone. This is not... And you're going to get an email from some woman. I'll tell you a thing. I know. I know. You won't. But how many of your sisters or you know fellow women would you say will? And you know they will. And they shouldn't. And I wish they'd stand up. But there's a point where the man has to stand up and take action. That's all I was saying back there. This is an example of that. But the reason I brought it up is not really to make that point. It just kind of all fell together this way. It's to say to you you need to be on the lookout for this, especially if you have elderly parents that are getting ready to pay their mortgage in full and think they're done. One thing they should do is write mortgage paid in full in the fourth thing on the check, okay, down in the corner of the check. I don't think it will stand up in court, but at least it will give them some leverage if it comes back to them. After they've made the payment, you need to contact the bank that the mortgage is through and verify that the final payment's been made. And if, you, if they say it has, you need to get confidence information sent to you in writing immediately so that if this comes up, you can cover it. If not, if it's not been made in full, because this is an answer this poor lady still doesn't have, where did the remaining balance come from? No one can tell her that. You might have to pay it. It's probably going to be worth paying, but you want to know, where the hell, after 30 years of payments, just like you asked me to make, just like I said it would make, just like I did, where the hell does this money come from? Why do I owe this money to you? Can you explain to me where I defaulted, where I fell short, or was the mistake yours? Do I really owe you this money? But make sure that at least the contact is being made to verify the final payment. I don't want to see that this happens to anybody else. All right, so I know today's show is a little bit different than uh, the typical show because I went way back and forth through different things. But uh, hopefully it's helped you think a little bit more today. We talked about defending the home. We talked about situational awareness. We talked about the relationship of a man and a woman in a marriage. I said some things that probably pissed off every single person that listens to this show. Please remember, if I piss you off, it's only because you disagree with me. And I reserve the right to be wrong. So don't be angry. Take what makes sense to you from my shows. Apply it to your life the way that you choose to do so. Don't get stuck. Well, he said this, so now I, I'm never going to listen again. I get emails like that. If you ever say something like that again, I'll never listen again. Okay, fine. I'd stop listening now because I'm going to say it again. Of course I'm going to say it again. This is who I am. Be who you are. Follow the moral compass of your heart to take care of your family and your loved ones and yourself. So if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be there for them. This has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. You can scream and you can holler in real
really doesn't matter Cause it all gets spent 